right, hello and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob and I will be your host and comrade this evening. Hey, what's up? Trisha over here too. How y'all doing tonight? I'm still so, so stoked that we have this banner now. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, we're... That was actually a fun little project there. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, as most of you probably know at this point, we're kind of all over the internet. Uh, we have our website for wearemany.org. It's a little out of date at the moment, but we'll be uh, we'll be getting back into that and trying to, trying to keep it up to date in the future. Uh, we're on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash for we are many. Uh, we are for we are many on Facebook. We have two groups um, that are linked to the page. You should be able to find them right from the main page. We're also on YouTube and Instagram as for we are many podcast and Twitter at for we are many two. What did I just do? I broke it. I don't know. Broke it. All right. So um, the first thing I want to talk about today is, uh, well, I, I don't know how else to word it. The murder that occurred in Minneapolis, Minnesota last night. Um, I tried to minimize Zoom and it's all like, you can't. <laughs> all right, so there was a, a woman, a woman was killed and three others were hurt after a driver hit a car that was parked as a barricade between the street and a crowd of protesters in uptown Minneapolis, uh, near the site of where Winston Smith was shot by police earlier this month. Um, and I, I mean, I have a few things I want to say about it, but before we talk too much, hey, hey, bro. <laughs> I wanted to let me uh, screen share. I'm all discombobulated. All right, so this is this is what happened. This man, this white man here drove his car at about 100 miles an hour into a crowd of protesters. Word on the street is that he has been linked to a white supremacist group, a, a neo-Nazi organization. Um, I have not seen confirmation of that, but I would not be at all surprised. Uh, he got out and tried to run, and this man that you see holding him in this, this main picture here uh, literally chased him down and put him in a rear naked choke. And I just have to say something about this man's restraint. Uh, there was several other people in the crowd who were not quite so forgiving as to, you know, hold him there and wait for the police to take him into protected custody. Um, incredible restraint though. He literally had just killed someone and injured three others. Um, you know, and they just, they just held him there. It wasn't, um, you know, like the police when they respond to something. 
Um, if the, you're just joining us at 5.30, we have breaking news. A woman is dead and another person is injured after a vehicle drives into protesters on Lake Street. It happened near Lake and Girard, just down from the Seven Point Shopping Center. And Kai Edwards is in that area. And Kai, there's still some activity there this morning, right? Yes, Chris, and some tense moments hearing some shouting about a block away a little bit ago. There's about a dozen people gathered blocking the road there and dozens more were out last night protesting U.S. Marshals shooting Winston Smith. Now we talked to Minneapolis police this morning and here's what they're telling us about the car driving into protesters. We'll pull up this video now. They're telling us that at around 1140 last night that they were monitoring the protest and that uh, they observed on camera someone drive into a group of people who were out protesting. Police say protesters pulled the driver uh, out of the car and according to witnesses they say uh, began striking the driver. Once officers got there, they took the suspect to the hospital for his injuries. Meantime, first response. I want to just interject right there to say that it's fucked up. The police are saying that the, the protesters were beating the driver when the incident was on video. We'll get to that in a minute. Took two protesters to the hospital, one of them, the woman. They say she died at the hospital. We talked to someone on scene about what happened. People were having a joyous time and then for that to happen like you know people are still kind of like reeling in from that um it's a, it's a tragedy for sure they kind of just blocked the car in made sure that you know he is held accountable for for or at least gets a, a day in court to i guess explain how in the world that happened so far in the investigation, police believe the driver may have been under the influence of drugs or alcohol. We'll be looking out for any charges filed today. Charges were filed. Um, that's the next thing I want to talk about. While I'm pulling that up, though, I want to talk about how the police response to this, I think, was completely botched. Um, there's a video that we'll be, we'll be taking a look at, you know, immediately following him. Uh, you know, driving into the, I, I mean, like you don't see him literally get pulled out of the car, but you see the guy that was restraining him, put him in a rear naked choke so he can't get away. And then, you know, they move him over to the sidewalk and there were, there were people threatening him. There was people, you know, advocating for his treatment to be far less humane, but I did not see, and I've seen two, two videos from two different angles and I have not seen any of the protesters hitting him. So I don't know why the police would say that. His injuries look to be, you know, from driving your car 100 miles an hour into a parked car. Not, they were not, they did not look like injuries from a physical struggle. Um, well, especially when you can see he's already got those injuries as soon as he got out of his car and was, you know, being held back, it's like very obvious that came from him crashing the car. They showed more restraint than fucking cops. Oh, yeah. Even when the cops responded to this incident, he showed more restraint than the, the whole crowd showed more restraint than the police did. I mean, I'm not saying they showed up and opened fire, right. but they didn't even attempt to give Deanna Marie 
medical treatment. Um, an ambulance wasn't even dispatched until about five minutes after they got to the scene. After she had been resuscitated on the scene by, by the, the street medics, the protest medics. Right, because um, the cops were too busy threatening to mace the people who were there. Yeah, and, and we have video of that what? as well. Um, so basically what had happened though, there was an initial barricade that was made of trash cans, right? She parked inside that barricade as a second barricade uh, to prevent this kind of thing from happening because the day of Chauvin's verdict, uh, there had been a, a semi that tried to, to drive into the crowd. I don't remember how, how it like was stopped, but the point is, is that in Minneapolis, they're not strangers to this. Um, so she set up her vehicle as a roadblock and her car flew into her. She was not in it. Her car flew into her when it was impacted by this man. And then she was resuscitated by street medics and the police left her in the street to die. People want to pretend that cops exist to protect and serve. No, no. If they fit any of that, they would have been giving her emergency medical attention first and foremost, not worrying about who in the crowd they can intimidate with some mace. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be playing a live video taken literally like from the looks of how the video starts. It looks like he saw it happen and then pulled his phone out and hit go live. Um, that being said, I have seen this man. Now I know his name. Uh, you'll see it in a second when I when I start screen sharing again. But um, I, I have seen this man multiple times in Unicorn Riot videos. So, I mean, we know that he's a member of the community. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screen share and play this, this bit of this live stream here. Hey, bro. Doing really good. to just point out that already you know like the whole crowd was like hey that's the guy hey that's the fucking guy and they walked past him and then we're like oh oh it's over here like i i don't know just just an observation Come on, before we get shot, nigga. 
To, to protect a murderer from the crowd. Yeah. That's yeah. The and then he starts walking over They're to trying where the... protect. Go ahead. That just irks me. Yeah. Like they were more focused on protecting him from that crowd than they were on the lady who was dying in the fucking street. Mm-hmm. Like, like they She might walking... still be alive. If they had actually gotten her medical attention on top. Yeah, they haven't even dispatched an ambulance yet. They've been on scene for what? A minute and 53 seconds. If you're just joining us at 530, we have breaking news. A woman is dead and another. A video in a different, the video that we already watched in in a different window just started playing randomly. That's weird. Yeah, I fixed it though. We good. Uh, but yeah, back to right. All right, so we were down on 38 Chicago. We were literally playing red light, green light after we got done playing a volleyball game, and someone came to 100 miles an hour, and they hit the car in front of the blockade, and the car flew. Holy fuck! A woman. And so we have a woman that potentially might be dead and is bleeding out here on the street. Here's the, here's oh my the God. Floor and the Don't worry, he doesn't show her. And Another the video did, right and there. it's a very graphic. He came through 100 miles an hour, and he sped up on his way down. That's what the other video I saw said, too, is that he was probably going about 80, and then he saw the barricade and floored it. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yo, he sped up as he got closer. So she is on the ground he, over here. He came from this way. He was going, he was going like 80, and, by the, and then he sped up into 100. So, so once again, we were all out here playing red light, green light, and all of a sudden the car started coming down Lake Street, and we have two rows of barricades, and they went through the fucking, they went for two of the trash cans, and then all of a sudden the car was going. The car was going 80. The car was going 80, and then it sped up to about 100, and it hit a car, and that car hit a young woman who is now bleeding out. It was her car, come to find out after. And, uh, she had parked it there to protect the 
crowd. Yes. And according to the police report, the guy gave false information when they took him into custody. She, he tried to say it didn't have anything to do with the protest. He tried to say that he was his uh, he was her baby daddy or some shit. Yeah. What the fuck? That makes it even like more what the fuck of so you're trying to kill your baby mama supposedly? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that his people. I'm sure the case he was trying to make was that he was just trying to damage her car, and that there's no way he could have known that she was on the other side of it or some bullshit. But there was a whole crowd on the other side of it. Right, it's all bullshit. Like, and when you're going that fast, you're not going to just recognize. Oh, there's the car. Right. Right. I mean, from the sounds of it, he was already going like 80 when when he was in by the time he got in line of sight of it. They heard that right. Jeep coming down the road before they saw it. Like he very obviously knew that there was some shit going on down there and felt the need to come literally blow through it. Right. Like, I'll show you. No, you didn't show anybody. You're a piece of shit. I hope right. he gets fucking charged with first degree because there's no getting around intent and premeditation when you're hauling ass towards a protest site where the streets blacked off you know what the fuck you're doing i must have closed the tab that had the uh that had the charges on it but i wanted to read that as well hold on i have to scroll back Uh, up in the in the chat to find it because that's where i Sure. Well, actually, if you just click your history, it'll be right there. I don't think that I opened it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I um, missed that one when I opened the other tabs. Um, okay. So give me just a minute to uh, mm-hmm. scroll back up, maybe. Jesus. Facebook is being a little bit slow. <laughs> Well, that in there is a lot in our chat feed today. But yeah, that's why it's taken me so long. This okay. is this. Um, so this charge sheet is brought to us uh, courtesy of eGirl Vanguard Media. Um, charge one is criminal vehicular homicide. He's being held without bail. Good. Um, oh, that's not even the full one. Maybe I didn't send the full one to the chat. Um, but that that's the main charge. There was a couple other ones like, you know, failure to stop uh, for a barricade and, you know, some other minor charge. But the big one is vehicular manslaughter. Right. They're probably hitting him with trying to flee the scene and stuff too, maybe. I mean... The I mean, protesters didn't give him much of a chance to flee the scene. Well, he tried, but they caught him. And at least it's on video of, like, he's, you know, trying to take off. The fact that he tried to spin another bullshit fucking line of, I was afraid for my life. How? You had to have been nowhere near them when you started gunning it to even get up to 80. And, you know, that, Jeep, that yeah. takes a decent stretch a decent stretch of road to get up to 80, let alone 100, in a downtown area. In a Jeep. 
Yeah. It's not like it was a sports car where he could have done it in a few blocks. No. It's fucking cheap. Um, yeah. I'm gonna... Oh, hold on. Hold on. I was trying to figure out where it is the paramedics arrived, but they didn't even... They didn't even call for a paramedic until they went over there and the street medics told them that she was still alive uh, or that they had resuscitated her. And that was in a different video. I'm not going to show that one because of the graphic nature of it. I don't want to see it again. I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't want to. I don't know. I'm good. But uh, that's why I chose to show this one. But I mean, it was they were on scene for three or four minutes before they even dispatched paramedics they're going to mesa and as you see there the the paramedics at this point still are not here as far as i'm aware Um, but they're they're not even tending to her they're they're fucking establishing a fucking line so she is bleeding up right now over there and, and so i mean there's like a couple of cops that, that seem thing. to be trying to get Look with the statements but i, I mean they're not that. even writing shit down how serious do you mean to tell me that you are about this investigation so now, now you're starting to hear the ambulance on the street. Hold on, let me turn the volume Yeah, it needs to happen. Get these guys with guns the fuck out of here. So, so once again, I want to recap. We got attacked by someone who ran into our barricades doing 100 miles an hour. And they got people with the giant ass guns. And they got people that keep standing about the fucking Mesa's. So, so that's that's the way that they're choosing to respond right now. We turned in the guy who did it because we got him out the car and we held him here until we got it. So they got the guy. Leave it to cops to further, you know, attack the victims. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is not how I thought my, I was going to bring my book. Like, oh, you've been assaulted? Wow. I should assault you some more. And then he's just like, this is not okay. how I thought I was going to ring my birthday in. Right. Holy fuck, dude. You you if she saw we playing red light, green light, what? We weren't even protesting. We were literally playing red light, green light. And then they send the black cop over to talk to the crowd. A car came in and smashed through our barricades. 
A cop's a cop. Either way, you're a traitor to your community. We ain't going tonight. Oh my you, hear, you hear that guy? We ain't going tonight. Because, you know, like the cops are like, all right, you guys just need to clear out of here. We ain't going tonight. Stop talking to us. No justice! But the the point is though is that it took you know eight or nine minutes after the incident to get the ambulance there because they didn't call for an ambulance for the first several minutes of the incident. If they saw the fucking shit happen, why didn't they dispatch an ambulance right the fuck then, even if there wasn't any injuries that they saw? I mean... Right. That's when you immediately call, just in case, if you can't see everything that's going on in the area of impact. At least you would think that would be cause for anybody with fucking sense to immediately call, like, hey, we have a situation. We might need an ambulance. Get the fuck over here. Yeah. I I don't get that. How they could just be like, oh, I mean, he just plowed into a fucking car, into a crowd of people. Let's wait and see if we need an ambulance. fucking kidding me yeah she could still be alive if that wasn't completely fucking mishandled by every one of those officers on scene well and i mean the other the other video started just a little bit sooner right and uh before they had him in the sidewalk when the when the dude first you know like took him down and you know put him in a rear naked choke to subdue him there was all sorts of people around him like all right who's got a gun we're going to end this right fucking now. Who's got a gun? And then they ended up handing him over to the police because, you know, they didn't want to be accused of murder, right? So they they let this guy right. get his day in court and then the cops protect the guy. Right. How did the... Uh, you know, I can't even ask that. It, it is just fucking typical anymore to expect cops, at least if it's a fucking white murderer, to fucking protect the murderer. From the people who would have every fucking right to string him up in the fucking street right there for plowing his fucking car into her. That could have, you know, killed and injured who knows how many more people. He couldn't see how many people were on the other side of that vehicle. That's attempted murder of everybody within fucking range of where that vehicle rolled. It didn't roll. It literally flew. Uh, flew. Sorry, I didn't get to see the footage of what actually. I I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see that footage. I I don't want to either because it would probably bring me to fucking tears. But he is deserving of being held accountable for attempted murder of literally anybody within that range. That's attempted murder of all of them, not just the few that got injured. They need to hit him with the fucking book as hard as they can. I mean, I tend to agree. The three charges that they so far have charged him with are not sufficient. 
No, not at all. That motherfucker deserves the death penalty for that shit. He, <laughs> how, how can anybody fucking think that they are entitled to do some shit like that? It's beyond me. And he's not the first. No, no, there's been three, three successful incidents like this this year. Like, you know, where, where somebody is driven into a crowd of protesters. <laughs> what the fuck is up with people who think that... Dude, it's fascists every time. I mean, this guy's supposedly in a neo-Nazi group. It was fucking neo-Nazis in Charlottesville. It was neo-Nazis in Seattle. Trump brought them out of the woodwork. They're not afraid anymore. Part of me wishes that the crowd had dragged him out and kicked and beat his ass to fucking death. Then what are you going to do? You know, it's it's like a situation like Julius Caesar. When everybody kills the motherfucker, who are you going to charge? Fuck you. That's instant justice. That motherfucker should have been beaten to death in the fucking street right there. And then maybe these pieces of shit like this would think twice about driving their fucking car into a crowd. Well, yeah, and then the media narrative on it, which I hadn't watched that video prior to this because I didn't really see a purpose. I saw from my own eyes what happened. But to hear them say that the police said that the crowd attacked the man, are you fucking kidding me? No, they didn't. They should have. They would have been entitled to. But putting a man in a hold to turn him over to the cops, that's called citizen's arrest, not attack. Right. He would have deserved to be attacked. So whoever's trying to spin that story can suck a fucking dick. That's bullshit. I thought Don was going to be in here. I thought so, too. I thought he'd be done cooking dinner by now. I don't know. Uh Anyway, that was the the first that that was the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about. Honestly, I I can't even put into words more than I already have. I am ridiculously angry about this situation. That's all I can really say. Uh, can you check the comments and see if there's anybody? with any questions or anything. This is fucking heartbreaking. I am not seeing any comments. Okay. Is that is that on my end? Is anybody commenting? Um, I'll check and see. Oh, there is comments. Hold on, I refreshed it. What up? Oh, Don said be here in a few 31 minutes ago. James said howdy. I noticed I accidentally clicked the YouTube instead. That's fine, James. You can watch us on YouTube. What the fuck is wrong with people is right. I was... I still am very fucking angry about this situation. And hey, look, it's Don. Hello, Don. You're probably not connected yet. 
Uh, hi, Emily. Hi, Natalie. Um, Natalie said she was watching Mercado live stream about 15 minutes after it happened. That was the one, the other one. That was the one that actually like showed the scene and showed her and he was live streaming prior to it happening. So I believe that, that he actually caught a part of the event, but I didn't watch that clip. Uh, Brian says, hello, comrades. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Natalie says, happens to me about every time until I realized I clicked that alert first. Honestly, I'd rather like, if you guys go to YouTube, we can use that one instead of Facebook. I'm getting real sick of Facebook. Um, Natalie said people were traumatized by all this and may need help for PTSD. This man was so upset. And I know that, that Minneapolis actually has like, uh, you know, like, like mutual aid type uh, counseling and stuff. And I, I, I don't know that they have the necessary infrastructure for dealing with a traumatic experience like this, but um, that being said, I, I hope that the community, I hope that it brings the community together more. Um, right. But yes, they are going, I, I'm not going to say may, they are going to need help for PTSD. Somebody want to fill me in on what happened? I was making dinner. Uh, did you watch, did you? No, I was, I was in the kitchen. Right. But I mean, everything that we've talked about so far, I shared in the group chat this morning. Oh. We're talking yeah, we about... were discussing... The, okay okay sorry for interrupting you guys continue doing your thing i'll figure it out on my own it's the um it's then, the uh the dude that plowed into the fucking protesters last night in minneapolis um basically the cops showed up and protected the murderer threatening threatening to mace everybody else it took them several minutes to even call an ambulance for the woman who died at the hospital um yeah Natalie said they didn't even pick up their pace going over there when people were yelling at them like, go, go, she's dying. And the cops just lazily walked over there. Still threatening right. to mace everyone. Uh-huh. And uh, James said they aren't scared and can care less. We were talking, that was in relation to uh, the, I, I don't even want to call it the rise of neo-Nazis. It's not necessarily the rise. It's that they're not afraid anymore. It's just a further emboldening of them that right. we've seen grow over the last few years. That they're not going to like the results they get, which is literally the entire community banding together against them because fuck this shit. Nobody should have to worry about being murdered for exercising their First Amendment rights. I don't care if it's murder by a fucking Nazi, murder by a fucking cop. You should be able to go out and exercise your fucking rights without threat of being fucking killed for it. Yeah, I think you're pretty much caught up now, Don. That's pretty much what we've been yeah. talking about. We watched uh, uh, a video of the scene after the fact uh, where they apprehended the guy and turned him over to the police. Um, 
in fact, the the protesters that had him in custody basically protected him from, you know, a significant portion of the crowd that wanted to beat him to death right there. Um, but I mean, there was already cops there monitoring the protest, so it took them, you know, like less than a minute to show up. But it took them, you know, over four minutes to dispatch an ambulance, and took about eight minutes for the ambulance to arrive. Are you still there, Don? You were not there at all. I was catching you up. <laughs> I told you to continue the mission. I'd catch myself up. <coughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm caught was... up now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for wasting your time. Um. Anyway, Trisha, you wanted to talk about Stonewall for uh, our Pride Month piece? Yes, indeed. Give me a moment to get that page pulled back up here. Um, I can pop this link into the comments as well. Um, this, this is probably the most comprehensive piece I could find about the history here of the beginnings of Pride Month with the Stonewall incident. Um, on June 28th, 1969, in the late hours of the night, a routine police raid of a gay bar called Stonewall Inn sparked the fire that fueled the first wave of the gay pride movement in New York City. On the evening of the raid, approximately 200 people occupied the bar Located at 53 Christopher Street in Greenwich Village, the bar became home to many types of society outcasts. Gay men, drag queens, the transgendered, members of the mafia, hustlers, and homeless youths. At approximately 2 a.m., the New York Police Department arrived to clear out the bar. Initially, most patrons were cooperative, left the bar as instructed, and waited patiently as the police arrested several mafia members inside. Within a few minutes, police began asking for identification. Female officers escorted cross-dressing individuals to the restrooms to verify their sex. That is fucked already. Let me inspect your genitals. Um, hell no. Nah. Fuck you, pigs. Um, that led to several arrests. Uh, after seeing several gay men and women being arrested, the crowd gathered outside of the bar became increasingly agitated. As more patrol vehicles arrived, they began shouting at the officers, gay power, we shall overcome. People started throwing pennies and empty beer bottles at police vehicles. Inside the bar, some people were already being beaten by the cops. One woman arrested was hit over the head by a police officer with a billy club. She incited the crowd into action by asking them, do something. And within minutes, the rating of Stonewall escalated into a full-blown riot. Before the infamous riot at Stonewall, police raids targeting gay bars were a commonplace occurrence. However, the Stonewall uprising was the first one to create such a powerful reaction. The New York State Liquor Authority would often refuse to give liquor licenses to bars catering to gay customers. This was one of the reasons why gay bars were such an easy target for police. Oftentimes, unlicensed bars, like Stonewall, attracted mafia bosses who would pay off cops in exchange for a cord. Uh, 
It was said that Stonewall was raided because the mafia bosses had failed to take this precaution. However, Stonewall was unlike most uh, New York City gay bars, and the fact that it was a preferred destination made it harder for patrons to give up. For example, the large numbers of drag queens that frequented Stonewall were usually unwelcomed most other places. Stonewall also attracted those who could not afford to go to other more expensive bars. The entry fee for the night was only $3. Many youths that visited Stonewall were runaways and many even homeless. They hung around Christopher Street, hustling or panhandling for money. During evening hours, they lived at Stonewall as if it was their home. During the 1960s, people had become more aware of the culture of discrimination and intolerance that surrounded gays. The African-American civil rights movement was at its height and the Vietnam War dragged on even as it became increasingly unpopular. Civil resistance exhibited by African-Americans and those who protested the Vietnam War encouraged many to become more outspoken. This rich political climate gave power to people whose marginalized voices need to be heard and was one of many reasons the Stonewall Raid eventually turned into a riot. Within a year of the event, two gay rights organizations were formed, and in 1970, several gay pride parades took place in major cities around the country. Now, every year on the last Sunday of June, New York City celebrates the gay pride parade. It is one of the most heavily participated and attended in New York, exceeded only by the St. Patrick's Day Parade. The Stonewall event marked the beginning of the nationwide gay pride movement. So, um, for that, those who were there, thank you for your fight. They paved the way. They never let it be forgotten, too, so... Something we should always keep in mind of the reason why we've even come as far as we have, as far as gay rights, is thanks to these people right here in the heart of New York City. So, thank you. Indeed. Um, well, since it's... it's uh, Pride Month, we've been trying to fit in these historical pieces or informational or educational pieces into the beginning of our current event streams, just like we did for uh, Black History Month and then Women's Rights Month. Um, I, I hope to continue doing these things. Um, it's crazy how far we still have to go for, uh, you know, people of color or uh, people who are not cisgendered or we have a very long way to go for equality and liberation is the point that I'm trying to make here. Right. We still see way too many things that are treated as if, you know, heteronormative shit is literally just oh the normal there is no default setting for human sexuality you know it's a spectrum we come in all different flavors and it's about time that humanity itself started to understand that factor that there is no default setting 
you know? Maybe that would help with some of the people who ask ignorant shit, like, so when did you decide to be gay? And it's like, I don't know, when the fuck did you decide to be straight? <laughs> you know? Oh, you didn't? Fuck. Neither did we. Oh, man. So what else has happened? Netanyahu's gone. Don, I know you uh, wanted to talk about that. Right. All I can say is... Oppa! Indeed. <laughs> That's literally all I had for it. I'm I'm right. so excited. People around the world rejoice. People around the world rejoice. You remember you remember in the group chat I all the when I said that they should be saying things like no shalom, no salom, or shalom until Netanyahu's gone, blah blah blah. Right. Well he's gone now. Well, shalom. Right. And already, um, what was it you years? Has it been 13 are... years? It's been 13 years. Something like that. Years, this motherfucker guys. has refused to leave office even when voted out. Well, this time they made him. He's already threatening to try to do a coup, you know, but whatever. The The fact of the matter is they're, they're moving forward with a more diverse government uh, that is going to actually include Arabs not just Jewish people. So now there's actually gonna be some more diverse representation there. Hopefully we can see an end to the slaughter because the majority of the people there, whether Jewish or Muslim, have not been supportive of this right-wing extremist regime that has been pushing for all of this slaughter to happen. So fuck you, Netanyahu. I'm glad your bitch ass is gone. You suck. <laughs> Just my personal feelings on the subject. Oh, I just saw that while I meant to actually share the link a few minutes ago for the piece on Stonewall, I actually shared to the comments the article about Netanyahu. <laughs> well, uh, give me just a moment, folks. I'll grab that other link for you, too. There we go. Meanwhile, I'm going to roll a cigarette. Indeed. Hey, you told us to bust your balls. Why are you smoking a cigarette when you're quitting? Because it's the third one I've had today. <laughs> okay, right on. Let me make you Fuck a, yeah. let me make high you five a you sculpture one. of my ass so you can suck my whole ass. No, never. <laughs> But the visual of a straw ass is definitely entertaining. I said that to one of my managers one time. 
I didn't get fired because I was her assistant manager and we worked at Tim Hortons and it was a private conversation. Right. But I felt so powerful when I said it. <laughs> yeah. Just like when I told I her know. shit on the panini press and walk out. I didn't do that. I did not do that. But I thought about it. Well, my only requirement for said straw ass is that it be shoved in the biggest fucking cup of coffee ever and make it worth my goddamn while. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. I'm not doing things to benefit people anymore. These beats are sick, man. I'm not watching the comments. I hope that I'm not like driving away our fan base. Rob left and I'm confused. James said no wonder Don is so hungry. <laughs> did he? Oh my God. Were you guys watching Wait, me shove potato and no, he's still here. He's still here. More importantly, was okay. the crowd watching me shove okay. potato he's just in not my sitting mouth? There. I hope they didn't have to watch me shove potato in my mouth. I'm sorry, guys, but potatoes are a food group. I didn't see a shove any potato in your mouth. Oh man, <laughs> I was going ham on some tater tots. Yeah. Yeah, just devouring them while you were talking about Stonewall, staring directly into right the camera, on. just shoving them in my mouth. Good shit. <laughs> Uh, the things I do for fun. Tater tots. God, that just made me think of Ron White. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can't uh, tell you how badly I want to drink some bourbon with Ron White. I don't even drink anymore. For real. Right. I don't even, drink anymore, I don't even like I bourbon. Just, I would sit bourbon with that man just to hear him tell me stories. So, like, too. and I hate bourbon. on a real note, how much do we know about the dude who's fucking taken over? He's not Netanyahu. Not <laughs> right. He's not right. He's, that much. His um, name isn't Benjamin Netanyahu. I mean, you're right. How much more do we need? Well, I mean, I'm just hoping that. Uh, well, a lot more, but. I mean, we didn't need a lot more with voting for Biden over Trump, guys. We advocated heavily against voting well, for Biden. We did. We did. Right. But we as a whole, we right, as a nation, right. didn't need much more other than him not being Trump. And that's what right. I'm worried about. I guess that's why I'm asking is because that's exactly what I'm worried about. Because he's, right, he's still the leader of, the, uh, of a right-wing party. Right, just mm, one yeah. that diverged a little to be the opponent of Netanyahu's regime. You know, he used to be an ally of his, but Listen, how bad that do you divergence have to to, happened some years back. How bad do you have to be to not have allies on either the left or the right? Yeah, right. right. That's a very good point. Right. I, I brought that up earlier uh, in our in our. I don't know if it was in the group chat or if it was when I was on the phone with Trisha, but I, I, I brought that up um, that, wow, how did I lose my train of thought that bad? 
He doesn't have any allies on the left or the right. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he pissed off all his allies on yeah. the right, and that's ultimately how they finally outed him, is he had no allies left. Like, that's a very good question. How the fuck bad do you have to be? Listen, all right. listen, all I really want to say right now is... <clears throat> In the Christian Bible, it says that the the Antichrist will make peace in Israel and Palestine. And it never says how, it just says that that's one of the things he would do. Maybe him being such a shitbag is what's going to make peace. They're going to be like, hey guys, that was fucked, we're sorry. <laughs> We've tried this for a couple of years. That was fucked. Let's uh, let's not realize that this. But is uh, joke. Netanyahu was calling it a weak and dangerous government. Netanyahu is weak and dangerous. I right. If that's not projection, dude, I don't know what is. Um. <laughs> so hold on. This is this is. Well, it's not the full speech, but it's it's a quote from it. You call yourself the guardians of democracy, but you are so afraid of democracy that you are ready to pass fascist laws against my candidacy, the language of North Korea and Iran, in order to maintain your regime. He said, referring to speculation that the new government would impose term limits or make it illegal for someone who has been indicted to be prime minister. Warning that the new government would not stand up to Iran, Netanyahu warned his internal rival rivals and outside enemies will be back soon. Does that not sound uh, like fucking Trump? That sounds exactly like Trump. I mean, oh, no, we're, next... we're going to retake power. No, you're not. Listen, listen. That means that we know what his playbook is. Next, he's going right. to figure out how to get some inner inner American American hillbillies over to Jerusalem and then he's going to have them storm the Capitol building in Jerusalem and fail and then he's going to move to Mar-a-Lago and he's going to set up a blog and then because his blog because his blog causes the traffic on his website to drop 99% he's going to quit the blog too and then just do like speaking engagements or crash people's weddings at Mar-a-Lago. All well. And put a sign on his door that says office of the former president. All well room. continuing to charge the American people, the American taxpayers money to pay for his secret service agents to live at fucking Mar-a-Lago. Because he's got two of them that stick with him all the time because he's a former president. So he's still making money off of us. Dude, and I mean, I don't care that he donated his measly $400,000. Do you know how many, how much money he gave his own resorts that went back into his pocket? Mm -hmm. Millions. 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 Per trip. Millions. Per trip. Right. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, just think about the amount of his own fucking space he had to rent from himself to house all the secret service agents that had to go on every fucking golfing trip with them. Listen, how is, how listen, is he not when he says When he says that he won the election, billions what, and he, billions what he means... And billions and billions and billions and billions Jesus Christ, and billions make it stop. And billions and billions what he, and billions. Right, right. I'm gonna fucking... <laughs> 
vomit if I have to listen to his goddamn voice any longer. What he means, what he means, what he means when he says that he won the election, he's kind of right. He did. He lost the election, so he doesn't have to be the president anymore, but he still gets paid. He won. He can golf. It, and it's play. like playing chess. Are, are you playing chess with a bird that's going to just waddle across the table, flip it, shit on it, and be like, No, listen, what? listen. He was playing chess with sorry pieces. That's Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad that oh, you got man. that, Trisha. I felt, like it, I felt like it deserved more laughter than <laughs> you gave it, and then, and then like it sank in. Yeah, like 30 seconds later, you're like, holy shit, that's funny. Fuck. Hey, I was still laughing, so I'm No, not... there's probably just a delay in my audio. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been some of that. It's caused some overlap shit, so. Oh, man. So what else, uh, what else do we want to talk about tonight? The, uh... The uh, rising uh, rage quitting in the restaurant industry. Fuck yeah. Bring it to the table. Yeah, I'm proud me, of this Catch one. me up on my... Of people catch... being like... Oh, you're part of the statistic, Don. Yeah, I know. Catch me up on my, uh, right. my, my chosen people. How are um, my restaurant people? Well, okay. So, first of all, I want to show you guys what source this is from, okay? Because I think that alone speaks volumes. Fucking Business Insider. Damn. So, I mean... Yeah, precisely. Yeah, there, I, there's no reason exactly I the should... Point. There's no reason I should have to work 70 hours a fucking week to make $35,000 a year for salary. A record 5.6% of restaurant workers quit their jobs in April. And that's a record high number, like a record all-time record. Um, analysts say this indicates that workers are confident they can find other jobs easily. And that doesn't just mean uh, in the restaurant industry. I left my job and found another job in the industry, but a lot of people are not. I left my um, job to go to college, which, by the way, I, all I have to do is upload my portfolio. Great, huh? The restaurant industry has a record 1.34 <laughs> million job openings. Um, I guess they better raise those wages if they want to fill them. Man, 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 people. <laughs> Everybody's lazy but me. Nah. See, that's the thing. Nobody actually wants to work. That's the whole point I, yeah, of getting gonna, paid I'm, for it. I'm going to be honest with you. I slept for like 12 hours today and then went outside and swung a fucking 25-pound mace around for like an hour. Um, okay. So You're not getting paid for that. No. Uh, this this <laughs> next thing, this, this is probably going to be like the most radicalizing paragraph uh, that you're ever going to read from Business Insider. 
Some workers who were furloughed or laid off early in the pandemic may never return to fast food or customer service work. The past year has exposed the massive demands put on retail workers, often for low pay and few benefits, even as they were called heroes and essential workers. Tasked with enforcing mask mandates and interacting with customers during the height of a pandemic, abuse, harassment, and assault were not uncommon. A Service Employees International Union survey of 4,187 McDonald's workers in the summer of 2020 found that nearly half said they had been physically or verbally assaulted. Um, in place of customer-facing retail damn. jobs, some workers are turning to warehouse employment with companies like Amazon, even as those jobs make headlines for poor working conditions uh, because they at least offer more money, um, or at least right. here that they, they do. I can't sit, I can't speak as everywhere, but uh, the e-commerce giant has hired about 2,800 people every day since July, mostly in warehouse roles. Damn. Others are rage quitting without another job lined up at all, fed up with low pay and poor treatment from customers. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, at least if you're. It was also a recent a recent study, um, like economic study as to, uh, you know, like how the recovery is going basically, and the economy itself is doing pretty damn close to pre-pandemic levels, right? But the restaurant industry is just magically hit with this labor shortage. No, everybody that wasn't getting treated well, well, not everybody, but like literally millions A lot of, of people. people have left the restaurant industry in the last year. Right, um, as somebody who's also worked in restaurants and bars, if I was still being paid shit and having to put up with people's shit and on top of it putting up with employee or employer shit too I'd be like fuck this I'm out because there's there's no excuse for wasting your time for motherfuckers who don't value you your time your labor your existence as a fucking human being I would much rather work in you know, a setting like the shit they're moving to as far as these thousands of jobs a day hiring in at Amazon working there in like shipping and not have to deal with a fraction even of that shit for more money. Yeah, I'd be giving them the middle finger too. And I find it really fucking hilarious that the people right now who are crying the most about, oh, well, I can't get my fucking shit burger are the same motherfuckers who called restaurant work teenagers jobs and told people well if you don't want to fucking be paid shit and treated in a totally unappreciative manner then find a real job well motherfucker they did and now you're mad about it because you can't get your shit burger because you didn't value that service that you demand fuck hey, you hey random question while we're going on this rant about um the food service industry has anyone mm -hmm. seen that picture from burger king that's been circulating facebook no, what's um, up? The, the one the, where they're they're targeting fourteen year olds. The, yeah, the one with the fourteen year old that has a uh, part time job at Burger King, who doesn't give oh, their God. employees breaks. By the way, that's nowhere in any state in the United States are breaks required by law. Not even in the state of Michigan. They're suggested. They're not required. 
Burger King doesn't give you breaks. In the That's state of Michigan, me. if you're like, there are stipulations on that. Um, you are allowed if you are if you are under the age of 18, then you are allowed a break in the middle of your shift if you work more than seven hours. Yeah, but most but, teenagers but don't. six hours but six hours and 59 seconds is not seven hours right exactly or six hours 59 minutes and 59 seconds is not seven hours exactly. that's not seven hours. which event right they'll schedule you six and a half just to make sure they ain't got to give you a fucking break yep and I mean, that's that's not just Burger King either. That's a very common thing in any sort of corporate fast food. I also thought that the law stated because of, you know, the shit our forefathers did in unions, you know, child labor laws are a thing. If yeah, you're not a I mean, family owned and operated business, child labor laws exist. Yes. I would really like to know how McDonald's or Burger King, they're the same fucking people, how they're getting around it. Um, ultimately, if you're 14 to 16, you can work, but you can only work in, you, you, it's like fucking three hours a day or some shit. I think it's like a total of 18 or 20 hours for the whole week you're allowed to work because they have to make sure you still have time outside of school to do homework, writing papers, studying for exams, etc. Okay. But it's just predatory okay. as hell to literally be looking for children to exploit because you can't exploit. Yeah. Them. Okay, well, Rob, let's talk about Absolutely. real quick. Oh my Gret- God. Gretchen yeah. was working there since the time she was like 13 yeah I that's mean, not even legal in michigan nope. and hasn't been for decades dude no, no even like, i'm a she, decade older than you guys and i would i had to be 15 before i could get a legal license to work yeah yeah i know i know the the workaround for that is no one asked her age when corporate was there because she's your size so they just assumed she was more grown than she was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you'll excuse me, I gotta go stop my dog from barking at the fucking neighbors because people are allowed to exist in their own damn property. And Zeus doesn't right. understand. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, no. I mean, like I've seen some shady shit. Uh, I mean, like McDonald's, dude. That place is toxic. I don't give a shit. Um, they don't get breaks either. Like, right. when I was working there, the only time that I got to smoke a cigarette while I was there, and I, it wasn't a whole cigarette because there wasn't enough time, is if I took the trash out. Like, that's literally it. Damn. And I mean, like, if you got to go to the bathroom, okay, but if you're gone for more than a couple of minutes, they're going to be fucking asking me, like, it's stupid. And this is accepted. What if you... Well, and, I mean, and I just remember at the time, you know, you like can... my family, well, not so much my family, but like people in Tawas in general, like, oh, well, you should be thankful to have a job because this is, you know, still in, this is probably about 2010. So, you know, like kind of still coming out of the recession. So like, oh, well, you should be thankful to have a job. Huh? What the fuck am I going to pay? It's on... a really toxic attitude to have. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and I mean, I couldn't like even telling afford people to live, they should be thankful. I couldn't even really like afford to, be to live with my dad what? working at McDonald's. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really even afford to live with. I my remember. Dad. That's that's how that's how they pay. Well, no, because I mean, you weren't even making enough to cover. You weren't making enough to cover basics like cigarettes, groceries, phone bill. By the time even just your expenses, besides like housing costs that your dad was covering, your own just personal expenses. Yeah, I mean, especially since I didn't have a car, so I had to like pay people gas money because there's no public transportation up there. There is private transportation, but they're expensive as hell. Oh, are we talking about Taos? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, and, and this kind of, I guess part of what, what has me thinking about this right now is yesterday I went up north and when we were coming back down, we were driving through some real, like, rural places and there was a, there, there was a gas station that was, like, in front of a trailer park and across the street from another trailer park. And that was like the only thing for miles. And and I just thought of my experience living in a trailer park in Flint and I'm like, oh my God, half of those people probably don't have cars. Like, holy fuck, they're paying $7 a right. gallon for milk at this gas station. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, because of food drought. So there's, there's that's the there. closest fucking thing. Right. Uh, I mean, like it, it's fucking sad. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. There. I mean, this is the richest country in the history of the world, and we don't even take care of our own people. Uh, shit. Uh, I know there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I'm drawing a blank. <coughs> uh, Natalie said, I think that's what capitalism wants us to think. But the thankful part? Yeah. Well, that's right. exactly what the capitalists want us to think. It is. Wants you to basically, you know, feel for your oppressor of like, oh my God, thank you for exploiting me and allowing me to exist at your behest. I'm here to serve you. Fuck that. Fuck all that. Yeah. That's, it's the mind fuck that capitalism has gotten people into these days where they literally fucking think they need to be grateful for even if they're they're getting more than a pittance for their fucking time of like people who think they make really good money at $15 an hour or something and it's like you're still barely existing even if you're making a few bucks more than minimum wage like if you were actually making a subsisting fucking living wage it would be far more than that 25 to 30 you know I mean, honestly, I, I think that 
long term, we need to get away from this like wage slavery. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't have any specific proposals on how to do that, but I think that's what we need to be focusing on because we can raise the minimum wage all day. But dude, inflation was five fucking percent last year. Right. I mean, they predicted three and a half and that's still, you know, like high. Fucking sad. I mean, by the time we get a $15 an hour wage, I mean, if we got a $15 an hour wage right now, it's not enough. And then no, it'd still be poverty wages. It's going to be going at 5% a year. Right. Like, and then Fuck how long no. are we going to be stuck at $15? Right. Before they, you know, think it's actually appropriate to raise it again, it could be fucking decades. This is why we need a revolution. These are things that we can't change quickly enough with just with voting for this system. or voting for that or trying to put pressure on the current system. This needs a total fucking overhaul along ethical standards because this exploitation has got to fucking stop. Unfettered capitalism is a fucking monster. It's a it fucking has the monster. ideology of the cancer cell. Grow, 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 right. grow, grow. And look what it's done to the planet. It is cancer. Right. Fuck. It's just sad to see so many people who are being hardcore exploited by the system fucking defend it. Natalie said, Don, who's your cute friend? Zeus. He's I a assume, big, sweet meathead. I assume she means <laughs> she means Zeus or Maggie. One of I two. think I think that it would be Zeus, but I wasn't paying that close of attention. Uh, and then she said, uh, after five years to get to 15, another five to 10 years at 15, it's sick. Exactly. So, like, I don't have a proposal on how to fix employer-employee relations, but, I mean, we need to, I think, focus on getting away from, like, an hourly wage. Like, it's, 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 it's essentially slavery. It is. It's just a newer form of it. Um, I think the only way we can actually see that exploitation end is to have all businesses be run in a horizontal manner of there is no upper management getting paid more than the people doing all of the fucking actual work. No, if you work there, you are part owner, you get equal share of the profits that your equal share of labor and time has contributed to. That's the only way any fucking business can be run ethically is if you actually see your full fair share, you know, of after the costs of the actual business are covered, your overhead for, you know, your site, your electric whatever every bit of those profits should be split equally amongst the people who work there everything should be owner operated 
we really need to put a fucking end to this disgusting exploitation of, oh, this person on top started the company, so they deserve to make all the fucking money off of the people actually doing the work and keeping their business alive. No. No, they don't. They haven't earned that. I don't care if you started a company or not. I've started multiple companies. And you know what? Anytime I've had anybody come in on a project with me, whatever we got paid was split evenly. Not, oh, well, I own the company, so I'm going to keep the lion's share and tell you you're lucky to get a pittance out of me. Fuck that bullshit. No. No. Well, and what I'm hoping to see out of my own industry is... What I, okay, so what I think is going to happen, because I think that a lot of these businesses are going to be too fucking stubborn to treat their employees right. So what I hope to see is a bunch of people that are passionate about the food they're serving buy the restaurants as they close because their employers yep. don't know how to run a business. And then they run it as a cooperative. Yep. That's what I want to see. A complete overhaul uh. of the service and retail industry. It's already happening. There was an article I saw last week, and I can't remember what the business was, but the owner was pissed off that all the employees wanted a living wage, better benefits, the whole nine yards. And so the owner was like, well, fuck this. I'm just closing down. And all the people who worked there bought it out and turned it into a co-op. And I was like, yes, that's what the fuck we need to see more of, because you should be the owner of your means of production, period. Exactly. And I, I mean, we're never going to get away from an exploitative employer-employee relation until we're all employers. Right. I, I mean, I don't see it any other way. Right. Um, until it, we are all equal owners. Right. Yeah. That's the only way to end a lot of toxic fucking shit that happens in workplaces because certain motherfuckers think that they're entitled to treat others who are lower on the totem pole like shit and act like you're some kind of big shit because you're in management i've i've been on the receiving end of that when i was actually like just out of high school i worked for a wendy's in grand blank for a matter of a few months before i was like fuck this i literally stormed in and threw the uniform at the manager because he was such a fucking raving cunt who treated all of us like we were less than fucking human but he thought he was big shit because he was like 45 and a manager of fucking wendy's get the fuck out of here guy abusive shit like that happens across the board not just in the restaurant industry but in so many fucking industries especially anything along the lines of service um it's fucking absolutely abhorrent. And if everybody becomes co-owners of a business, guess what? There isn't anybody in a position to act like their management makes them, you know, a person to abuse you. Fuck that. If there is no hierarchy, then there is no bullshit like that. If you have a complaint about somebody's behavior towards you, you don't have to fear for ramifications of losing your job and your income and ability to fucking feed your family because you call somebody out for their shit behavior. Well, in situations where like some sort of hierarchy would be uh, necessary, which I mean, I think that it could definitely be stripped down from current forms and in any example that I could give really, but like, I mean, in the kitchen, right, there, there's a hierarchy because the, the, 
basically everything comes down to the chef. The chef steers the ship, right? The sous chefs help direct specific projects. And then, you know, all of the, the cooks under the chef also do their share to make sure everything goes past the chef and out to the dining room properly. At least in a in a full scale like a fine dining setup, that's the, the situation. It so like if you wanted to have that <coughs> hierarchy, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. But it should be democratically operated, not fucking like a dictatorship. I'm looking at you, Gordon Ramsay. Right? God, he's a dick. <laughs> He's such an intolerable dick. I don't know how anybody would ever be like, oh my God, it's my dream job to get to work with him. No, he's a cunt. I think people just say that because they're on TV. I don't think that anybody actually feels that way. That breed of chef has given the industry such a bad name and that breed of chef is being mercilessly murdered by millennials and Gen Z. Let me ask you a quick question. How much of that do you think is really Gordon Ramsay, and how much of that do you think is just how Gordon Ramsay acts so he can get For TV. ratings on his show? Exactly. I mean, I right. used to think because that he ratings. really was that kind of intolerable dick, but honestly, if you go on TikTok and see the stuff that he records with his daughter... <laughs> well, how somebody interacts with their children is always going to be different than how they interact with their employees. I'd like That's to true. know the thoughts from people who worked with him before he was on TV. <laughs> if he was already that much of a cunt to deal with in a kitchen. Right. I know that the first time he was on TV was when um, <clears throat> Chef Anthony Bourdain uh Chef Anthony Bourdain interviewed him, went to one of his restaurants and interviewed him, and he was very nice to Chef Tony. Well, yeah, but I mean, even if you were an asshole, would you be an asshole to fucking Anthony Bourdain? No, <laughs> fuck no. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But I'm not an asshole. And, and I mean, like, I think that's why they had a working relationship for the period that they did is because, like, there was that respect there. I mean, can you imagine if, like, Gordon Ramsay and, and Anthony Bourdain went on Chopped? I mean, personally, and I, I don't mean any disrespect to Gordon Ramsay as a chef, but I think that he wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> no, I don't think he would either. But that might just be personal opinion because I was a fan of Chef Tony. Granted, his restaurants, none of his restaurants ever worked out. So I was a fan of him, not because of his cooking, but because of who he was as a human being. I don't know anything about his cooking. I've never seen the man cook. I've never tasted any of his food. I've never tasted it. Yeah. But I mean, that being said, Gordon Ramsay is uh, worth $220 million. Uh, Sounds like he could afford to, to make a donation. Chef, you hear that? I know, I know it's loud in the kitchen. You haven't been in there in a while, but it's loud. Um, help us out. Natalie said, where everyone works together, not over 
not under, one another in unison. And in my opinion, that's how a kitchen's supposed to work. Um, and based on his writing and his, his TV shows, I think that that's the difference between Anthony Bourdain and... Okay, so like, I don't know anything about like how Gordon Ramsay got involved with the industry, right? Like, I don't know if he was... I mean, I'm sure it's a different story, but like Bourdain got started and fucking as a dishwasher, like in France over a summer. And then he went back the next summer and, you know, like somebody fucking didn't show up for a shift and he moved up to a cook. And then he mastered that station and thought he was the shit. So they put him on another station. <coughs> you know, like, I mean, he had to really learn how. A kitchen works and a big part of that is you know like yeah there's shit talking and whatever but like you respect one another at the end of the day you know like right. and that that kind of ethic carried into him running his own kitchens but yeah anyway I don't know. The point was we need an overhaul in the food industry. It is true. Then, is then true. we got all sentimental about Anthony Bourdain. Fuck, I miss him. Same. That man would eat anything, though. I loved his shows. Like, I don't know. It really, it really gave me like perspective on some like, you know, inherent prejudices I may have against like certain types of food. Like, you know, he goes to this place and these indigenous people make him their delicacy, which is bugs. And he's like, oh, cool, bugs, and eats it. And he's like, this is fucking good. Dude, like, the best food I've ever had is going to sound wild, but it was, I don't even know what they called the, the, the meat dish that they served with it. But the best part about it was the flatbread that the Afghanis made, and they stomped it with their feet to make it flat. To knead the dough. Huh. It was some of the best shit I've ever had. Well, same concept applies with some of the best wine you'll ever have. Was stomped by foot in big barrels, too. They're actually, if I remember correctly, there there is something that comes into play as far as... Um, Basically, the molds that could possibly be on your skin actually helping with that fermentation process somehow. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But I remember seeing this cool documentary about winemaking years ago and people who were doing it the old traditional way. And apparently the foot stomping contributes to the quality of the wine in more ways than just squishing. Hmm. I found out that um, he is not leaving his uh, wealth to his children. You know, like Bill Gates and George Lucas and Warren Buffett. Wait, Gordon, Ra Chef Ramsay isn't leaving his wealth to his kids? No. Damn. He believes it would be he believes it would be disastrous. 
Instead, he wants to cultivate the mindset that everything needs to be worked for and earned. Well, I get that. I get that. Okay, things need to be worked for and earned. But isn't the point of amassing wealth to pass it on to your on to your on to your children so that they don't have to struggle like you did? No, I, I think some people. I, I mean, I think for a lot of people, but I think that that's dying out. And I mean, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett really started that trend. Well, I mean, I don't give a fuck about any of those people. For I mean, us, I don't either. For 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 the common man, for us. Isn't the point of amassing wealth so you can pass it along to your children so they don't need to struggle like you did? I mean, to an extent, yes. I mean, especially for working class people, yes. But for people that have that kind of money, think about how privileged those kids are going to be already. Right. That's fair. And honestly, the more I think about it, it's probably better that they struggle in their lives because they haven't had to struggle in their childhood. In their upbringing, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I don't know. That's I, do think, I do think that struggle is an, an inherent part of human experience. Yeah, yeah. Struggle To struggle is to be human. Um, you know, history is a story of class struggles, as I've said a couple times in the last couple of days. I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I want to, can I screen share the probably best fucking meme I've seen in days? Yeah. Okay. Sure. And- well, you got to let me, Rob. But after that, after that, I have nothing. I have nothing. And this might this might go over some people's heads. It's the Lord of the Rings meme. <laughs> I'm so glad that nobody besides me gets it. I hope the comment section's getting it. That's fine. Is he a necromancer or something? No, no, that scene. It's been years that, since I've watched Lord of the Rings. It, it, in that I'm scene, trying to figure out what we're Brian. In that scene, Aragorn, son of Arathorn, uh, High King of Gondor, is sitting, sitting on the steps of uh, the Golden Hall in Edoras, and he's smoking, smoking his pipe, which come to find out was totally tobacco. Pipe weed is tobacco. It's not. It's not weed like we had hoped, but it's tobacco. He's smoking. He looks over in some mountains and there's a fire up there and he runs and he's running and he shoves doors open and he's like, Gondor calls for aid. And the other guy looks at him and says, and Rohan will answer. So that, that's why it was a good poem. Okay. That's why it was a good poem, but it made me giggle. I'm sorry that I had to explain it so in depth to you guys. Um, it's next okay, time need I'll a context. To, ne- next time I'll try to find a Star Trek meme so you guys get it. <laughs> See now that fair. I've seen time and Dude, time and time again. There's, many there, there, there are. There are. There are so many good Star Trek memes. Yes, there are. Rob's Googling them right now. <laughs> you can see the look on his face. Like I can feel it. Right? You know those wheels are turning. Those eyes are scanning for Star Trek memes. For Star Trek memes. 
Hold on, hold on. I had to, I was looking for this specific one because it's like the fucking Star Trek meme, right? Hold on. That screen, there we go. This right here. Hold on, I need to come back to the... uh... Ah! Yes, I know this one. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, Or this one. Oh my god, the bird! <laughs> I love it. Hey, question for you: Why does um <laughs> our live stream shows six people watching right now on my screen, but it still shows um a paused image of well, actually, here I'll just let I'll I'll just screen share so you can see, so I don't have to explain this bullshit to you. Do you see that? Oh, oh, now it caught up, I think. Okay. For a while there, it was um, just this paused image of what appeared to be an African-American gentleman with a camera pointed, like, upwards for some huh. reason. Yeah. Your shit froze from the beginning of the show, basically? Apparently. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So we got right. some stuff accomplished. We talked about some stuff. We accomplished yeah. some things. How are y'all feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. I um, think it's probably about time to wrap it up. That's fair. My and, dogs look uh, tired. I want to thank all of tired. you. Right on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've definitely been liking these these more. Um, you know, the diving deeper on fewer issues than doing a three hour stream talking about 50 things. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, agree. Right. I like that a lot more. It's far less numbing. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes. And more, I don't know, chill of the vibe. Being able to actually delve deeper into the conversations, not feeling rushed to like, we have a thousand more things to get through. Right. You know? Right. You know, one thought, um, because our Thursday nights we've been working on Bobby Seal's book. Um, one thing we should maybe finish up in our Monday night sessions, maybe not tonight, but maybe next week, is wasn't there still a few more chapters to the little red book that we didn't make it through? Yes, there was. Um, but I do think that we should probably just make that its own thing, like we've been doing with Bobby Seal's book, but just a different night or whatever. Okay. Because, I mean, we've really, we've really cut down on the length of the streams overall. We've been doing like an hour and a half instead of three plus hours every time. And I'm working days now, so, you know, if we wanted to... I like it better that way. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably be pre-recorded, depending on, you know, when we're able to do it, but we can put out more content is the point. That's true. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, If you're able to, donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash many. As of right now, pretty much everything that we do is coming directly out of pocket. 
So, you know, literally every dollar helps. Um, so we can at least cover overhead. <laughs> We're not making anything off of this. Um, and if you want to get involved, if you have things that you want to see us talk about, uh, feel free to reach out to the page. We're more than happy to, you know, take your your recommendations to mind. Right. Or if you especially be... if there's something that you've wanted to learn more about that we could delve into some research and do dedicated, you know stories on a dedicated segment you know uh, any ideas that you guys have for that things you'd like to find out more about let us know we'll look into it you know? in our it, well at least in my upcoming reading i have um a few things but i only really have uh for like the anarcho-communist or anarchist side of things i really only have Kropotkin's mutual aid uh, a factor of evolution if anybody else you know like has any books on anarchist theory that they want to you know recommend then hell yeah right <laughs> I, I am totally willing to to platform that as well or really any other sort of leftist, tend leftist tendencies or ideologies Hell yeah. I mean, I know so far we've kind of stayed more on the communist side of things because that's where my own personal influences have taken me lately, but diving into the Black Panther Party honestly is part of that. Like, that's part of what has, you know, helped push me that way, I guess is what I'm trying to right. say. But uh, anyway, yeah, we will see you at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Mountain Standard um, on Thursday to do part five of our dive into Seize the Time by Bobby Seal. And uh, it's still hilarious to me that we thought we were going to be able to narrow that down to one piece right now hey at least we realized it very quickly in the first segment of wait a minute <laughs> right this is right. going to be a series yeah. <laughs> and i'm totally fine with yeah. that I, I think it worked out better that way me too same same because again just like with these conversations we're able to actually delve into detail on things and actually explore the frame of thought behind certain philosophies and tie that into you know the dialectical materialism and how that was being applied and put into action it's beautiful i dig it yeah i mean honestly that was the initial focus of the whole damn thing but like we only just started to get into the the parts where they really start to you know like noticeably use it because now they're starting their their like social programs right. and shit like ah. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it took that preface of, of getting to that point to understand how and why they grew the way that they did yeah. you know and started to put those things into action because they're like fuck no we are here for our community period indeed beautiful
Well, and I love um, reading Bobby Seale. For, for real. But uh, anyway, I guess that's all I really have to say. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us. Don, do you have anything you want to say to close with? Uh, Soylent Green is people. Farfanugan. Wow. I thought you were going to harass Jeff Bezos or something. We get Farfanugan. <laughs> His face is still frozen. <laughs> I'm not frozen. I'm just making you think that I am. I know. I know. Hey, I wrote this one. We? Well, you wrote That's what I said. Work is flawed.